0: So what is the coming of age? How old have you got to be to come of age? 44. (laughs) Nice try, but not quite. So this morning we want to celebrate with them and their families the transition from childhood to adulthood. So that means you have to behave from now on in all things. Okay, And we want to celebrate with them this coming of age by presenting them with a Bible and a book of prophetic words which the leadership have written blessings in. But I would also encourage anybody here, that anybody, regardless of age, if you want to write a blessing or something in this book, please feel free. So, we're going to now um, present these kids with their, with their book and, a, and a, a Bible, and we're going to ask the parents to pray a blessing over them, if that's okay. How are we going to do this, Jordan? Shouldn't it be men first or ladies first? Okay. My mum would say ladies first. So come on, Meg. And mum. <coughs>
1: Can you take your shoes off so you're not taller than me? <laughs> oh no! Okay. Um, I thank God for my beautiful daughter Megan. May God grant you the confidence to soar and feel free to be the bright star He created you to be. May God guide you with wisdom to choose right from wrong. May He guide your steps in your career and give you. Your, your, your career and your choices, always seeking what is right and godly. may He protect you, direct you and help you be strong. May He bless you with good health. May God bring you the future that you're dreaming of and keep you forever secure in His love. in Jesus name. Amen.
0: Amen mm. 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 Don't go away without that. Okay, yeah. make sure loads of people write that. <laughs> right. Come on, Jordan. Come on. This is your moment, moment of fame and glory. Yeah. Jordan.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, Jordan's so coming to our lives four years ago. <laughs> we are taking him as our own. And uh, it's been a huge challenge, but a huge blessing as well. He's taught me a lot how to learn new skills in parenting. So I'm still getting there. I I've got three of my own. But Jordan is just like one of ours. So, Jordan, in the name of Jesus, I bless you to know that the Lord, to know the Lord as your shepherd, that he will restore you and guide you along the right path. Bringing you close to him You will not be afraid during your life's journey, as you will be under his care. We bless you, in the name of Jesus, to know that God is your provider, encourager, and your biggest fan. We bless you, Jordan, to achieve and reach all the things that God has got for you, to use all of your talents and skills, and to be a loving son to your family, and a friend to those around you.
0: Amen. Amen. Yeah, hey, mate, Jordan. <laughs> right. So, before I invite the Ugandan team up, turn to somebody on your table and say, "We're really in for a treat now." Right, so anybody who's been, or better still, anybody who came back from Uganda in the last week, I would invite you up. <coughs> That's good. Fire, fire, fill line.
3: Fill <laughs> <laughs> line. Yeah. <laughs> so
4: Megan's first, she's here. Caitlin's at that end. And the rest work out what a line looks like between yeah. Megan and Caitlin. No mark. No. Between <laughs> Megan and Caitlin. Yeah. Between ah And he's the fire officer. That's hilarious. So Emma's going to be showing Um, Some photos scrolling through. One of several thousand that Anne took as an official photographer over the last two and a half weeks in Uganda. But before we begin to share, we should really do this Uganda style, don't you reckon, guys? Yeah, we have to say, praise God. And you have to say, Sheila knows because she's been there, you see. In fact, who who else has been to Uganda uh, as a lighthouse team? Stand up. Let's just see, because there's now an increasing number of people who've been there some time. Brian, he's standing up. Yeah, yeah, Mike, Phil, fantastic. You would be amazed to see how things are changing and growing in the kingdom. Thank you for the contributions you've made in the past. So here we go. Praise God. Amen. And now you can do it in Ugandan. and amen is Amina. Amina. Praise God. Amina. Fantastic. Now we're cooking with gas. So you've got to multitask. Look at pictures and listen to the two-minute sound bites from these guys as they go down the line. But firstly, after they've done the Praise God Armina, they always send greetings, give greetings and introductions. We won't do introductions. <laughs> we'll just do the greetings. So... Pastor Moses of the Lighthouse Church UK and the whole church, 400 of them, grown in three years to 400, send their love, thanks and greetings to all of you guys. That's where you clap. Yeah. And Bex and the whole Child of Hope team, which now has over 400 children, in the completed three-storey school that has been built in a four or five-year period, Phil, starting with one borrowed room that the early visitors saw, buying land and building from scratch. They send their love and thanks and gratitude, too, to all of you. That's it, you're really catching on, because they're really friendly, warm and interactive there. Okay, so everything you do, they get right behind it. So this is the wonderful team that came with me on this occasion. We've been away 15 nights in Uganda. It's been fantastic. It's been challenging. We've seen people get saved every day, healed every day that we were there. And and you'll only get a little sound bite of the whole experience. But I pray that God will capture your heart as you listen to what's been happening. So Megan's going to go first. She's the youngest team member Mm. who's ever been out with us at 13 years
5: old. Mm. 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 Um. Praise God. I don't know where to start. Um, (laughs) um, I really, when I went to Uganda, I really enjoyed the children's openness. And the willing welcome they all gave us. Everyone just so pleased to see you, and happy. Um, I'll talk, Um, everyone's kind, happy. Just want you to smile and shake their hands. It's amazing. Um, I also we when we first got there, we built, helped the welfare team build two huts and did hut repairs. And I don't know what else to say. I know. <laughs> Um, okay. um, and when we were doing the hut repairs I was like helping and got cuts all down my arm <laughs> carrying grass on our heads for like 10 minute walk to help people repair their huts um, oh. oh, yeah. and then the day after we went into the slum and we were doing cooking with certain people who don't have enough money and I was in a hut with Mark so and um, there was um, offal which is like cow intestine covered in dung and worms and I had to spend half an hour cleaning it which is my phobia <laughs> cleaning off worms and cow dung and everything just so they could eat it and they only get meat once or twice a year so it was a treat for them but not for them so it was amazing to be able to like do what they do as a meal every day um, the way they worship and dance is just amazing. Their bodies move at through the churches and at the crusades like really well, and they're so like <laughs> they're so quick and that they expect you to pick it up straight away and just want you to join in with them <laughs> and enjoy it. Um, oh, I also learned a lot about cultural differences in the staff rooms, chats with them, and like everything that went on with them. And
6: yeah, that's it. Yeah, well done, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> the, um, the biggest thing when I first went there that I noticed, like Megan said, is like, like you just get a swarm of children around you and they all clamour and hold a bit of your arm, a bit of your hand. You can hardly walk without tripping over them. And, <laughs> They are so happy to see you. They just know how to welcome and how to be excited about anything little. Um, and so that was nice. And they're really warm and loving children. And um, then in the first week, we went to, I went with Heather and Leo um, and Mark to do some training of some pastors out in the rural areas. And one day they'd been re- hearing about receiving the Father's love. And all through this week, I'd kind of had one my eye on one particular pastor, but I just thought it looked like life has been so hard for him, and everything's been so hard. And and I just, um, when there was an opportunity to pray for the Father's love to come, I honed in on him and um, really prayed he'd receive the Father's love because not many of the pastors, well, not all of the pastors, went forward to receive the Father's love. Um, but but he did And I kind of felt he'd made a really brave step to do it I don't know if he had or not But um, I prayed for ages with him And I'd kind of hugged him from behind But it just didn't seem right To sort of give him a full-on hug somehow So Leo, who'd been praying for everybody And um, and had also been speaking He then just gone to sit down And I went, come over here And... Um, and he went, oh, you <laughs> um, and, um, and I just wanted him to, I wanted this guy so much to have a breakthrough. And um, Leo just started singing over him, the father loves you and stuff like this. And the guy completely melted. <laughs> um, and he really received an impartation of the father's love in his life. Um, I could tell. And then he gave testimony of it later. Um, at the end of the conference. So that was brilliant. Um, Then one day, um, I couldn't go to... Well, I decided I had to go and work with the um, small businesses and the ladies. Um, But I was meant to be going with Leo, but he was still needed at the conference. And it was just little me on my own. (laughs) And I went to this prayer meeting and before we went out to meet the businesses. And I had a picture of a pile of bricks. And just being... Uh, There's lots of piles of bricks around the slum. and I, But I didn't twig that the women's businesses might involve brick making and brick laying and stuff like that. So I thought this might be a bit of a daft word, but I shared it. And they said, yeah, we've got several of our uh, income-generating mums make bricks from clay and then they get them all wet and do the kilns. We'll show you one and you can pray with them. So we went on this prayer walk and we met this lady... And um, she was probably a little bit older than me, so she'd have probably been in her sort of 50s, she looked about 70, uh, she was quite frail, and I, I said, so what is your business, because she was sorting out rice, just like you've done on the table, and, um, from, so that she could get the right grains out and everything and that takes ages and that's one of her businesses but she built these she'd made all these bricks and she had a stack higher than the ceiling and with kilns underneath and she'd done it all by hand and she showed me how she'd made this brick and each brick must have weighed like um, a whole sack of potatoes kind of thing like about three kilos or something It, it was really heavy each brick and I said and you've been doing this and then we went back and sat down And she said, well, I'm quite weak at the moment. I have malaria and I'm feeling really poorly. So I said, oh, let me pray for you to get well as well. So I prayed for her business and then I prayed for her to get well. And and God gave me some words which I was really pleased about just to encourage her and tell her that he was going to strengthen her and give her energy to work and all this stuff. And then um, it was lovely to see the Holy Spirit come on her. And she was crying, and um, just really, really filled with God. And it was lovely, because I was there being translated. They don't speak English, a lot of the mums. So I was with one welfare team lady, and she wasn't going to pray. She said, no, you do all the praying. And I'm like, (laughs) ah! And I'll translate it. (laughs) So I did all the praying, and um, afterwards I kind of tentatively said, and... and how about your body? Do you feel a little bit stronger? <laughs> and, um, and she said, I feel different. And um, so I said to the translator, what does different mean? And she said she feels completely stronger, really strengthened um, in her body and everything. And she felt energy come back. So that was fantastic. And her daughter next to her, um, said, oh, well, actually, I've got sciatica all down my leg and my lower back hurts. Could you pray for me? And I thought, I thought I was coming to pray for the businesses. <laughs> and I went, yes, I will, but I don't have a lot, you know, inside I don't have a lot of confidence praying for physical healings for people. I'm much better praying for their emotional healings for some reason. So I put my hand on her and I just prayed for her, had some words for her too. And, um, and I said, how is it? And she said, I've got no pains at all down my leg. So that was fantastic. And then I went on to a, what was a cafe. You wouldn't believe what a cafe is. There was a big saucepan, a big boiling pot outside with some sort of stewy thing in it. And, um, and then we went in to sit in the cafe, which was like a lean-to porch over a mud floor, with two wooden stools. And that was the restaurant, or cafe. Restaurant. It was a restaurant, sorry. Not a cafe, it was a restaurant. And so what this lady did, she'd give her stew to people that came and bought it ready-cooked, and they'd sit on one of these little wooden stools in this muddy shack that was completely black, dark. It was really dark in there, because there was no windows. So um, one side was open, but... So that was um, quite something. So I went in to see about her business, prayed for her. But because she's squatting down all the time, cooking, and she was probably similar age to me too, she said she had real trouble with her hips and her legs. And this lady wasn't a Christian at all, and her, husband, well, her man that was there, I'm not sure. Anyway, so um, he'd been hobbling on a stick, and um, sort of came in just kind of what's going on, who's this, what they're praying about. So he'd sat down next to her. And so I prayed for the business to prosper and everything. And then I prayed for her hips. And I said, and how are you feeling? And, um, and she was doing this and this and squatting down. And she said, I feel fine. <laughs> Completely fine. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And then... Um, Then I spoke to her man that was there, and I said, so um, I noticed you walked in with, you know, your stick and your legs kind of bent at the knee. I said, would you like me to pray for you? And I said, do you know Jesus? And he said, no, no, I don't, you know. And I said, oh, just really simple, I just said, well, I said, he loves you anyway, whether you want to know him or not, so he wants to heal your legs, so... I'll pray for you, and so I just prayed for his leg, and then um, he he got up, walked around, and he was walking normal. So that's a little that was a little snapshot of um, my day out with the income generation. Um, There's so many things I could share, but one last little thing is that four weeks ago, and this was personal for me because it was four weeks ago. I I often go for a walk at work and. To the river at lunchtime, and I've never seen a kingfisher. About four weeks ago, I asked the Lord to give me a let me see a kingfisher one day, and I didn't really think any more about it, it was just in my journal, and didn't think anything of it. And in the church, in the, in the rural area, in flew a kingfisher, it was flying from one end of the church to the other, and I'm like, Is that really? I can't really see it, Lord. And, um, and I said, Would you let it come really close? And the kingfisher swooped right down, about a metre away from me, and looked at me. And I was just like, thank you, God. Why did you do that here? That was amazing.
7: Well, I've had an amazing time as well. We all have, actually. It's been a fantastic team. And uh, first off, thank you for everyone that supported us either financially or through prayer and all that. Thank you very much. Fantastic. Um, I think I have three Ps, really. One is people. Uh, We've heard already the way they are so warm and friendly everywhere we went, despite the poverty, despite the hardship. They were welcoming us. They were very eager to listen to us. That's the church. And also, non-Christians still wanted to hear what we had to say. And the kids pressed in, they kind of drew the life out of me being playful with them and uh, mucking around quite often. I became a child myself, to be honest. But uh, it, was, it was fantastic. Yeah, there were a few moments where I was chasing them around into the maize fields and all sorts. Um, but it's, the people are fantastic. And actually, one of the things I kept saying was, instead of looking at, looking at what they haven't got, can we look at what they have got? And they have this warmth, this generosity, they have community, Um, they have an openness, they have spirituality. The whole spiritual realm seems to be amplified, whether it's on the dark side or from the Christian side. Um, So, they are spiritual people, very, very spiritual. They readily dance, they readily, even young children close their eyes and you can see them float away in the spirit. And um, they're not acting at that age, they are actually, they're gone, you know. And they are very, very spiritual people. So when you actually share your faith with them, they're they're already halfway there. We believe in the spiritual realm. We believe in miracles. We know stuff happens. Show us what you've got. Tell us what you've got. And we'll listen. And um, it's that openness, I feel, that kind of gave us the opportunity often to share our faith and, um, you know, to pray for healing and give words of knowledge and so forth. So the people are amazing. That's probably one of the biggest impressions I have. Um, from Uganda as the people themselves. Um, The other P is prophetic and I'm really grateful to the Collins family and all the time and effort they've been giving us in the church and I've been one of their number one fans recently going along and really trying to learn all I can about the prophetic and um, the principles there are just fantastic. It's about all the gifts, working from love and finding the gold in people and um, not doing it from a place of superiority or or to lord it over people or to misuse it in any way. Um, But unfortunately some of the churches there have had that experience where the person that's prophetic is a bit controlling um, or it's not used in the best possible way. But I felt I went with, like a few crumbs or actually Christina said a feast, but I went with something there to take and um, it all just kind of opened up all sorts of doors with the prophetic and uh, the village that Claire mentioned with the Kingfisher, is nothingy. it's very rural, out in the sticks and um, you know, uh, actually I'm mixing that with Namabasa, Namabasa was the church I went to, I've got there in the end a local village um, and I shared with them, just simply what I've learnt really from the Collins about um, the prophetic and how it's not how they had perceived it before and how, if you like, it should be done biblically but they were so open, by the end of it, you know, um, two thirds of the church at least agreed to come up for an impartation of a gift and not just that, they immediately got into pairs and practised on one another and there were some amazing testimonies coming out of that. Like with the, or anything in the prophetic, you, could t- you take a risk. I took a risk to say, well, this is what the Lord said and I had two people from the audience come up and sit down and um, you know, you can't mess around with these people. If you get it wrong, they're not going to respond. (laughs) So the Lord favoured the risks I took, basically. Um, And a similar thing happened in Namatala, the Lighthouse Church. This time, probably about 90% of the church, I think, came up for the impartation, and um, they all used it, and there were some amazing testimonies coming out of there. So I know the churches out in Uganda are, are going to run with this, I just believe they're really going to want more of that, and not just prophetic for the sake of power, but actually in a loving, sort of finding the golden people way, as we've been learning. So I really want to give some honor to you guys, really, for putting that on and uh, sharing that with us. And the third one is preaching. Uh, I don't consider myself a preacher, <laughs> but you're throwing the deep end, aren't you, in, in Uganda, and... Um, you're kind of stretched into things. And, you know, I had an opportunity to preach at churches, but also at the, at the Crusades, which is open air evangelism basically on a stage. And, you know, they had their own style of playing the music and giving the word and so forth. And um, out in Nassingi, which is a rural village, when we first arrived, where the white people, and you can tell many of those children had not seen white people before. So I had played on this and was chasing them through the fields and, uh, you know, and making funny facial expressions and so forth. So the first night went okay. I gave a testimony and, um, you know, a, a handful came up for to receive the Lord, you know, which was really great, fantastic. But I had my eye on, I, I was aware the, the crusade was mostly hit on the children, and I had my eye on the um, young men, and adults around the peripherals on their motorbikes and looking a bit cool. In fact, on my second occasion, I went round to them, shook their hands and said hi. As I passed one of them, I could hear him mutter behind, behind me as I went on to the next one. Yes, he said, but I'm not a child. And I went back to him and I said, you know, you're right, you're not a child. I'm not here for the children, I'm here for you. And so that's how I did my address on that occasion. And um, at the end, amazingly, I said... Basically, well, with, um, I think Moses, Pastor Moses followed up and asked them who wants to receive the Lord. There was a whole forest of hands going up and many, many of the young men were, were putting their hands up and I think a good 20 of those young men went further and actually came to the front to declare publicly they wanted to be saved. But I know there were more in the crowd. So that was a high point really for me. Um, in summary, I've had a wonderful adventure. I've been stretched. The analogy I have in my mind at the moment is a bit like a balloon um, where you've been stretched. You might not be as big as you are when you're full of the Holy Spirit and puffed up like that and used as I was then, but I've come back a little bit bigger, if that makes sense.
8: OK, well, I don't really know where to begin. Um, as a photographer, I did a bit of everything. I followed the team round and watched what they were doing but it wasn't just watching I became involved in everything that was going on Um, yeah like Claire I went out into the community on one of the occasions uh, to meet all of the mums who'd had grants or some of the mums who'd had grants to set up a business Um, and I went after Claire had gone and so I actually visited at least one of the same mums the one with the um, with the bricks I went and saw her and, uh, and I checked for Claire that she was still <laughs> feeling better. <laughs> and she really was still feeling better. And, and it just so blessed me how they, how they grew their businesses from so little. They have a tiny grant. As Claire said, that particular mum was sorting rice. And then she had all these bricks that she'd made because she'd made enough money to be able to invest in a fire. Um, but also what she then planned to do with the bricks and has yet to do was to build another small building on her land in the immediate vicinity so that she could then rent it out and grow her her business even further so it was just amazing uh, and I was challenged every day <laughs> I was stretched beyond the norm every day um, you'd be with these people and that was just me and whoever had gone with me and uh, so it was me to pray and you know those of you who know me, I don't just kind of put myself forward and and uh, and and go for it but but I did every day. I was just out there and praying with people, and yeah, they always said they felt better. I don't think anybody said they didn't feel better. um There weren't many things that you could see physically that had changed except for one woman with her finger. She said, I can't bend my finger, I've damaged my finger. So I laid hands on her and I prayed for her finger and she goes, Oh yeah, I can do it now. I can do it So it was great. Um, what else? I went out with the welfare team as well. Uh, every day if any children that don't turn up for school, they follow up every single day. They don't just think, Oh yeah, well we'll check in a week if they haven't if they haven't come back in. Um, they follow up on that day And so you go and visit the home To find out why that child may not have come into school um, And that, that was just so amazing uh, On one occasion it was just because He said his uniform was dirty <laughs> So he hadn't come to school He couldn't come to school But there were, there were other children There was one that had just been left at home unwell She was just sitting on the floor outside of her dwelling And uh, there was nobody to care for her at all but the team arranged for her to be taken into school to the medical centre so that she could get treatment. Um, so nobody is ignored. They are a very, very caring people. They, they really do support each other. And the teams from the, from the school um, are amazing. We were bowled over every day with the amount of work that they put in. The number of hours that they put in to serve the community was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and we were just hugely, hugely blessed. Um, I w- it was also my role to try and uh, to teach a few people how to take good photographs. <laughs> that, w- that in itself was a challenge. It was a challenge to get people together because they were all in meetings. There were so many things being offered to them but they didn't really know where they were going when sometimes. Um, but I had two different groups of, of a few people um just to to try and nudge them in the right direction as to how to get a decent photo um uh, although i was actually not not going backwards because actually i found out they didn't even know how to turn the camera on uh, never mind anything else so <laughs> and they didn't actually some of them didn't actually realize what that blurry thing was in front of the photo and it turned out you know it was a finger oh, why is it like that <laughs> oh yes it's a finger so it was a very basic level, um, but nonetheless, they were thirsty to find out. So I could, I would love to go back and teach them some more on that. They really wanted to know more. And one particular lady, I managed to go out into the community. She's regularly out in the community. Um, and actually, it'd be so helpful for her to be able to keep a record, a visual record of some things that are going on. And I, I actually spent quite a bit of time with her. And uh, yeah, that was great. What else? I went to hospital several times. um, There was a young man who needed hospital treatment and uh, so I went and supported one of the medical staff, one of the welfare staff went with him. And so I went to support her and him and to see how things went. And that became a personal challenge for me because when I said, oh yes, I'd love to come and and, and be there too, what I didn't realise was that we were going to need to go on a picky, picky is a motorbike. And that's how everybody seems to get around. If you need to get anywhere, you just call a picky and you just hop on the back of the motorbike and they take you where you want to go. Um, Those of you who know me will know that that's actually quite a big deal for me because my husband died as a result of a motorbike motorbike accident. Um, And so I've not actually been on a motorbike since then, nor have I needed to, but there I was, faced with this motorbike in front of me, thinking, well, I really, really do not want to do this. But I prayed and I did it. I just got on it and and it was fine. And I I went on loads of pickies after that and it was no longer a problem. So that was a personal triumph. Um, I don't know. What else did I ought to say? Okay. I won't tell anything else now. I have loads more things I could say,
1: but I don't know what, but here we go. (laughs) Praise God. Amen. Amen. Um, it's so lovely to be back with the Lighthouse Family UK. But while I'm standing here, I'm really aware that we have got a Lighthouse Church Uganda over there praising our God, the same God, and it is a real connection we have with them, a real connection. And before I went, I was challenged a bit, thinking, well, this is costing an awful lot of money. Would they be better just having those thousands of pounds just to spend on the children or do whatever? And I was challenged by it, but going over there and seeing how welcoming they were and how thrilled they were that we were there. They were so thrilled. You know, thank you for being interested in us thank you for you know like wanting to come over and you know spend your time with us you know they were so overwhelmingly welcoming it was incredible um And so those relationships have been so important. You know, I can remember one of the crusades. um, I was standing there praising and and this lady, Helen, just came alongside me and she just put her arm around me and we just stood there, the two of us, you know, just worshipping God and it was just incredible. And my last night there, you know, one of the teachers hugged me and said, oh, I love you. Thank you so much for coming. And it was just that real connection that I will never forget these people and I will be going back because... I made a small difference, I felt, in school. I worked really, really hard with the early years team. Um, And when you go into the classrooms, you've never seen anything like it. It's just filthy, dirty, like the dust is everywhere. If you put a piece of paper down, it's just covered in dust. And the children were all sitting in rows, you know, and the teacher was writing on the backboard, and they were just copying in their books just this basic, these few things. And I was thinking, how can I help these people? How can I move them on? And... I um, said, you know, it would be better if you could actually work in groups, but that was so challenging because they didn't have the resources to work them in groups, and I was really challenged thinking, how can I, you know, get this to, you know, work? And <laughs> Anne came in one day, and it wasn't working. I was thinking, oh no! And um, then the next day she came in, and and she said, they're working in groups, and I just said, yes, they're working in groups, <laughs> um, and it was amazing. That was it. Um, just to like get them started, and I just know that um, you know I do want to go back and help more, and you know uh, help support them with that. And but it's just made me realise with God in the centre of your life, what can be achieved. These two people, Bex and Moses, who stepped out in faith and they listened to God and they put Him first in their life, what they have achieved without school, with the whole area, is just.
9: Amazing. So, yeah, so much good Thank you, amen. So, why am I dressed like this? Because um, in Uganda, um, one of the first experiences I had was to walk into the Lighthouse family church, and everybody is ready for a wedding. You know, they're dressed in their best. You know, they go to church, they leave mud huts behind, and they, they come completely and utterly clean. And they fill their hearts with passion and worship. And I walked into the building and and, and then, well, we were taken to our seats and there was a small group of young children singing and uh, they was just welcoming the Holy Spirit there. And it was, these little boys were crying the, 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 the whole team was just in tears, you know, wanting the Holy Spirit to, to, to come. And it, it was just so, like, wow, you know. And to see the, the, the passion that they have to come into the, his presence and his glory. You know, they leave behind mud huts. But when they come into, you know, the Lighthouse Family Church, into his presence, into that place of worship... They really did know how to engage spiritually and open that open heaven. And so that was, for me, a, a magical moment. And then um, we have been supporting two children, uh, Mark and Bridget, to meet them and to hang out with them. I had our opportunity on the Saturday um, to go and to the ch- children's home, buy some soda, take some balloons, and just hang out with these, these, these children. And, you know, they haven't got a lot, but they, 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 they have got the ability to... You know, also just to enjoy what they have got, and uh, so I had a really special time meeting um, Mark and also Bridget's family. You know, to to, to 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 sort of, you know, just make that connection. And, and and they they it's just amazing. I feel very privileged and humbled by that. And also the fact that you know every one of this team, how we just focus on. God and the spirit and he came didn't he He answered all of our prayers we were always being stretched every single second of that that trip and we came together and we did something completely and out of our own hands and into you know every little bit of detail of the Holy Spirit you know every conversation that we had he'd already pre-planned that and it was just beautiful to see all of that and to see us all just growing in the in the Holy Spirit.
5: Well, I had the most amazing two weeks of my life. Um, (laughs) You guys, you made me all emotional. (laughs) This is a fact. So it was my job as a performing arts nut to go out there and put on a production. And I thought, this will be easy, this will be fine. I'll just teach them some dance moves, throw it all together. And yeah, play music in the classroom. And yeah, I thought it'd be pretty simple. I've got two weeks to do this. I know what I'm doing. I'll be fine. Turn up on day one, and <laughs> I've got these little speakers, but I think, oh, they'll probably have some big speakers or something, it'll be fine. And I, I like went to go to the classroom, which I've been scheduled to go in. I walked in, and uh, there was no plug socket. And I was like, <laughs> right, okay, so how am I going to play this music? And uh, so I was like, okay, I had to run upstairs, and I had this whole class excited to see me. I was like, right, okay, I'll go get some, uh, I'll go get an extension lead or something, so, like, there's a plug socket outside, so I plug in my speakers outside, and this took, like, 15 minutes to set up on my birthday, and I was thinking, oh, no, and then, uh, and then I get all the kids out, I get ready to start, I turn on the speakers, and because we're outside, we have to do it outside in this big space, they're all running around like mad, and there's no, like, they can't hear the music, and so I can't hear the music, so I'm thinking, okay, turn off the music. So I teach the, the rest of the lesson with no music and that was a challenge and so I think okay, Megan's with me, Megan's been an amazing help for me, she's been like my organiser, I'm like the irrational brain that changes artistically like this and Megan's like no you said this, let's do that. <laughs> and I'm like okay yeah, <laughs> that, that's been a challenge for Meg, but it's been fun. And then, uh, yeah, so we went on a bit like that. We had to plan some of the lessons without music and had to change completely what we're doing, do it outside, do it inside, move the chairs, move the tables. Such a faff, but I'm thinking, oh my gosh, when did we start rehearsals? We started on, so basically I put on a production within five days, five, Tuesday, 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 five, five, six days it was, of school days, with about two hours rehearsal, three hours maybe at a push each day. And uh I couldn't be mean, so I had to pick hundred and fifty out of <laughs> out of four hundred, which was a challenge, but like I should have gone less, but I couldn't I couldn't say no. And uh oh yeah, I made Meg's uh what did I make you do? They had to come up and say their names as if I wanted them because I couldn't not say write their names down. So Megan had to write down every single name and then I'd go to her at the end and be like, Oh <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, that was funny. And so yeah, basically, uh I thought the day before, Mark bless him, had to pray for me like for on because I was having this emotional breakdown. <laughs> I'd been told, oh, that's the other thing. I was told, okay, it's fine, you can put the production on on Thursday evening, and I would organised this so the whole team could make it. And I was like, okay, cool, we'll do that before the crusade. On Monday, um, no, but on Monday I was told, uh, oh, by the way, uh, P7, that's the oldest people, the best dancers, P7, they've got an exam on the, on uh, Thursday. And I was like, okay. And they're like, okay, so you're going to have to do it. They've got an exam in the morning, and they've got an exam in the afternoon. So, and I had planned to do all my rehearsal time with the whole cast on the Thursday. So I was like, okay, well, I can't do it then. So I had to arrange it around that. Then I was like, okay, reorganise everything, don't we, Meg? So we are like, okay, got it, fine. We'll do, just do it on Wednesday like all the rehearsals and stuff and on Tuesday morning I was told oh by the way P7 have revision on Wednesday so you're gonna have to do it tomorrow morning and I was like I hadn't even finished the choreography I hadn't taught people I thought this performance is not gonna go ahead and on top of that we'd been rehearsing downstairs in the classroom that had a poke socket which was tiny and had the music so luckily I had this quiet music going on there but I hadn't performed in the rehearsal space at all. I hadn't finished all the sections with 150 people. And I'd been doing it in this little classroom. So I, I took them on the, Wednesday, you know, on the, on the Tuesday after I'd been told I had to put it on the next day. I was like, right, well, I need to call the whole cast then. So we called an after-school rehearsal. And for an hour, I had to take them outside to where the performance was going to be. We had no music, because I had to trust that the music would be there the next day. I had to sing to them. I had to sing the song. So I was like, he loses you, like doing this, like singing and dancing, whilst telling them off, whilst telling them to sit down, get into the position, they're running everywhere. And I'm like, this performance is not going to happen. And I come home and, and Mark's just praying for me, like, come on, Caitlin, it's fine, God will do this. And I'm thinking, no, he's not, he's not going to do it. And then uh, I was like, okay, okay, come on, God, do your magic. Go on, help me. And then, uh, yeah, praise God. The next day, the music arrived. I called the morning rehearsal. It, everybody's well behaved for the first time ever. And uh, I was like, and then uh, we just taught it really quickly. How do we make face paints, Meg? Meg was in charge of face paints. Um, we crushed up chalk and mixed it with sun cream. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was our costume. And then, uh, yeah, then the performance went ahead. And I was so proud. Uh, obviously, as a bit of a perfectionist, I was like, oh, we're about out of time there. But considering the fact that we didn't even have a performance the day before, I think they did really well. And is it working? Okay, so hopefully you'll be able to see it if everyone might lose back a it. It might be oh yeah, also ignore <coughs> ignore my mum's thumb at the end. <laughs>
4: They were supposed to come in when it says... They were supposed to come in with on the, into the water. But anyway, that was the, the final rehearsal. Wow. Well done, Caitlin. So amazing. He lives in you. He lives in you. It made me cry. <laughs> Still is. Um, seeing 150 kids carry that message... So why do a dance with people who are living in mud huts who are at such basic level? Why? Because in just a few weeks' time there's going to be a grand opening of this school and all the local dignitaries, there's a possibility also that the president of Uganda is going to attend this opening. They're going to carry a message. They're going to carry a message. They're going to do the dance. And the people will hear that all this life is coming because he lives in them and he lives in us. So that was fantastic, well done. I've never seen somebody battle through so many opposition obstacles to stop something happening, but it was very, very powerful. The other reason why do something like that now is because they are now developing. They're not underdeveloped anymore. They're a developing community. Five years on, those of you like Sheila and Bryony and Julie who came uh, with me the first time, you will feel and see how the whole community is being lifted out of poverty, through driving out the witch doctors, through uh, getting men saved, getting them out of a drunkenness culture. All I can't I've got two minutes, so I can't go into it, but that's why. So their aspirations are being lifted. Their aspiration. the kids now have an aspiration to do something creative with their life and to give them opportunities to learn how to take a photo or do a dance is broadening from sort some right and make a, a brick. Can you see the difference? So it was absolutely amazing. Um, The whole team was fantastic, and I think I already mentioned that we saw people saved, healed, and delivered every day we were there, so that's worth it for me. (laughs) Um, Personally, one of the most encouraging things for me was in conversations with people, now that I've got to know over four visits, them speaking back to me things at Westville that we taught them two years ago and seeing that they are doing the word that has been sown into them. I wasn't fishing for this. I'm just walking along with a bunch of grass on my head and they are telling me about the culture of honour and how it's changed their church and that they are doing what we've sown in them. And there's nothing more rewarding for a teacher like myself than to see fruit of what you've tried to impart to people. Same with visiting the pastors in the rural community when we first went out there. All the senior pastors sat together in one row, the lay people in another bit, Mm -hmm. the women at the back and the children at the floor. And we challenged saying we understand this is your Ugandan culture but can we be about kingdom culture because it's not about whether it's western or whether it's Ugandan we need to understand together from the bible what kingdom culture looks like and it looks like honour all people and so we taught them that two years ago with knocking knees thinking we're challenging their culture in this sort of stuff to honour Every person we walked into the rural church in Narsing, and they're all sitting integrated uh, without a word being said. So to see fruit is fantastic. Um, I'm not going through all my high points, um, only to say that if you want to really hear the in-depth stories, why don't you perhaps contact Leo and Claire And say so, and if there's enough demand, maybe they can do, put on an evening with coffee here and have a question and answer time and you can go more in depth with them, okay? And any of the team members who are free to join in. Um, So our theme this month is generosity and I'm going to finish with these thoughts of what does, in the light of our visit, what does generosity look like? What does generosity look like? It looks like 400 Ugandan slum kids receiving an education who previously had no hope of school. It looks like sponsors like yourselves who dependably give to support a child who is not their own. It looks like four to 500 people being fed a hot meal every day and gaining access to basic care at the school who otherwise would be hungry and sick and some of them would have died by now. It looks like people like you baking and buying cakes to support a trip that others are gonna make. It looks like
1: It looks like 30 kids
4: whose parents have abandoned them or who have died or can no longer cope, living together in three rooms, which Elliot painted, with a caring welfare team who are giving their lives to teach those children how to live. It looks like people sponsoring walks, Coming to film nights, it looks like people donating goods so that others can go. It looks like a highly educated Ugandan man who gave up two weeks of working on his own business to drive around eight Mzungas to get them safely from A to B. It
1: looks like It's like family and friends giving up time, food, personal contact
3: to
4: release their loved ones, to pray and to fast for their health, their safety and their ministry. It looks like Child of Hope Welfare Team getting up at 3am to cut and carry the thatch grass so that when we arrive in mid-morning at our own convenience we can help the community put grass on their roofs. It looks like someone passing on the day off to make a party for those (laughs) who get few treats. That's Mark, by the way. (laughs) It looks like an Ascari or a home guard going at 3 a.m. to collect water for guests because there's a water shortage in the home, which our guard did for us. It looks like a teacher reaching the end of term exhausted and still going to train other teachers at Child of Hope so that they can be the best they can be. Well done, Beth. It looks like slum dwellers with only one stool in their home bringing it out so the visitors can sit on it while they either stand or sit in the dirt. It looks like a church paying for two other churches to be able to hold four days of training for their pastors and leaders, give them meals, and then give four nights of community outreach, which they call crusades, which is what this church was able to do in both Narsing and Namatala. It looks like a teenager called Sandra who is 17 years old, taking time at school in her break to write a letter, individual letters to every team member, eight letters. How many times have you ever got a teenager to write eight letters? Not because she was asked, she wasn't asked. She did it because God's in her and she could see what God was doing. I'm not going to read it all, but I'm just going to finish by reading you a letter from a 17-year-old who's filled with God in Moses' church. I've written this letter to thank you for the commitment and cooperation that you showed by coming from the Lighthouse Church in the UK to Uganda, particular to, to Namatala Lighthouse Family Church. May the Almighty God bless you for that. I want to encourage you to continue blessing people's souls because it's one of the ways that we can serve God. So she's encouraging me about teaching them about blessing. Greet Pastor Philip and your beautiful daughter Bryony and the entire church. Tell them that I love them all in Jesus Christ's name. My prayer request is that when you go back home, don't forget praying for this church and also say pray for me and my family because since I've got saved we are surrounded by many enemies who want to destroy our lives praise our home because they want to knock it down to put a road through this house that they've little hut they've built it happened in 2011 that our house was broken down because of they put another road in. So it, she's lost her house once because they put a road they've rebuilt. They want to knock that one down. It was rainy season and everything we had got spoiled. We stayed out for a full month out in the open until God remembered us um, where we built the house we are staying in now. But still they want to break it down as they did the first house. Pray for our family we are nine grandchildren staying with our grandmother. I think this is the one that Claire prayed for and healed in Jesus' name. The Almighty shall bless you abundantly forever. Amen. Your beloved daughter in Christ, Sandra. That personal note hopefully gives you a taste of the beauty and love and purity that is within the people there. So shall we pray? They're probably just in full flow on their service. (laughs) Shall we all pray out loud at the same time? Start to lift up your voices for the slum of Namatala and the church called the Lighthouse for Sandra and the many like her. Grace to them, Lord. Strength to them, Lord. Pour out your spirit on them. Let them totally take that slum for Christ in Jesus' name. And don't let us go back to the way we were, Lord. By your grace, teach us from them, in Jesus' name. Hello. Final quote. The first night of the Crusade, Last week in Namatala we battled against a, a terrible thunderstorm. It poured with rain. Would Moses pack up the equipment, which is all like live wires everywhere? And no, he said, we will not go until we have finished what we've come for. And he made this bold statement in front of the whole community. It shall not rain on any of the coming nights because we are here to give you God's word. And it didn't rain the rest of those nights. But the one in the pouring rain, still people got saved. And this old man came up to get saved. And um, that was amazing. But the next night, we only discovered the next night when he came to testify a second night, because a rumour had gone around that he'd only got saved because he was drunk. He got up and said, no, I'm properly saved. And he is not an elder in the church, but an elder in the community, if you understand the difference. An elder in the community has governance there. And he, So this is a man who's in high standing in the community. He got saved and he finished his testimony with this. Let it be the same said in our area, I pray, Lord. We have been in darkness, he said, and now we are in light.
3: Um, we'd like to pray for people who would like
4: to get for, who would like healing the whole team, or pray for people who yeah. need
0: healing. Okay. Right. If you've ever been to Uganda and to the Child of Hope or Lighthouse Church, can you stand up for me? Right, I want the rest of us to look at these guys and I want to honour these guys for even having that thought I could go to Uganda and then from that thought having the commitment to go I'm going I haven't got the finance but I'm going So I honour you guys and I bless you guys I bless you that whatever you have given, you will receive back. And then some, as only our over-generous God can give you. So thank you guys for this morning. Bless you guys. If there's anyone here this morning who's come in with any aches and pains and a thought of, I need someone to lay some hands on me and pray, these guys will do it with a smile on their face, willingly. If there's anyone here this morning who has turned up and gone, I don't even know Jesus anyway, but I was made to come. Come and see someone. Our heart's desire is that you do not leave this place in the same way that you came here this morning. So I want to bless each and every one of us in this building that we would experience and understand the fullness of God's generosity. That he is outrageous when he's giving stuff beyond any of our understanding. So bless you guys. Thank you guys for going. Oh, Amen. Is there anything no, else? Just one, other thing. one
4: other thing. This isn't long. Just a PS to say, if you feel moved to send something on the next trip, Phil and Apple are going in just a few weeks' time to the opening. So if you want to give donations or something towards that, you can do that. And then Sheila and Karen plan to visit in the spring sometime, I believe. Is that right, Sheila? March. So, you know, we will keep our commitment to keep sending teams and
6: I just thought I'd mention that.
0: P.S. Stop it. P.S. If you've constructed a church... Oh, sorry. Team, you can sit down. Sorry. (laughs) If you've constructed a church, whatever that looks like, if you've sifted rice and feel, I need rewarding for that, whatever age... Come and see me, and I will try to reward you. Got
7: a prize, you? Got
9: a prize for them. Sorry. Oh, what, sorry, one more thing. Um, I, I had a dream last night, which ties up right with Heather's, what she finished with, about light and darkness. And um, In the dream, there was a person, and they were walking around a dark place, and that they didn't, felt that they were you know, lost and, 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 and fearful. and um, They were just wandering around and around in a circle, the wall, like those mud huts were just you know, touching that wall and just walking in, in darkness and, and, and uh, dust. And then I felt that Jesus said that he, he took them by the hand, that person, and was able to, as he took them by the hand, a door opened and he took that person into the light. So I think it's for somebody here. I think that somebody wants to get saved. I think somebody wants to walk into that light and meet the Jesus. Thank you for your time. Amen.
0: Oh, yeah, okay. Come and see me and I will... (laughs)